0: Everybody is I, you all know you are you and wheresoever beings exist throughout all galaxies It doesn't make any difference. You are all of them and when they come into being, that's you coming into being
1: Hey, what is up everyone this week on the Sen podcast we bring to you another episode of observing our thoughts and as mentioned In last week's podcast intro I mentioned how Chris was going to break down and go into why he's decided to take a step back from the podcast it's not the end of the podcast I will still be doing it but Chris has decided to take a step back in this beginning of this observe now thoughts Chris breaks down and tells you why he decided to take a step back I mean me and Chris have been doing this podcast for about three years together now I can remember in the early days when we started on just a little Windows computer we had no microphone we just used a tiny we just used the inbuilt microphone that was on the laptop and then we eventually upgraded and we bought a, a 20 pound microphone it did the job for a while and we actually realized for the first three or four episodes that we never even plugged it in properly <laughs> which was quite funny but then eventually we got better at at understanding the equipment we bought better microphones and then from there we went in person and now where we're at now, where we're we, where we also doing in person podcasts, traveling all over the place and also videoing, videoing all the conversations as well. And now I've just also upgraded the podcast with some more cameras and that's all it's about is a part of the evolution. And obviously everyone's on different journeys and obviously Chris is unfortunately decided to step away from the podcast and he's his journey is going to take on something more beautiful so anyway Chris t- breaks that down anyway I don't do his what he feels in his heart justice hopefully in the future we're going to try our best to continue doing some of these observing our thoughts so from time to time you may see Chris featuring a couple of these episodes. We're not sure if we're going, to put them in these epi- we're going to put them on the normal feed or we're just going to put them in the Patrons. I mean, you get back to us, let us know, see how you feel. Do you want to see the Observing Our Thoughts still in the normal feed or would you prefer them to go in just the Patreon page? I know you're going to love this episode of Observing Our Thoughts. It really is a good conversation. We get into all deep stuff and very much break down and I would say attack modern human civilization so anyway enjoy this conversation I know you will Welcome to the Ascend Podcast. Welcome. Oops.
0: Oops. Oops. Oops.
1: Oops. Welcome. My name is Shiva. My name is Shalala. And this is the Krishna Lounge. Krishna Lala. Welcome to Observing Our Thoughts. Observing Our Thoughts. Oomph. And this Oomps, is where it all happens. Welcome. <laughs> so there's our, <laughs> here's our crazy intro right, for the welcome day. Welcome, everyone. <laughs> welcome to another episode of Observing Our Thoughts. It's been a while since we've recorded one of these. It has actually done, yeah, and it's, I think it's well overdue, and I think we just had
2: a really great Patreon bonus there. Um, talking about virtual reality and the pros, who- the
1: cons on yeah. our patreon so if you want to check it out it's definitely yeah we talked well worth about out. we talked about a guy who basically spent a week in virtual reality mm-hmm. and we talked everything in between the <laughs> we talked about does virtual reality even have a limit
2: what is what can be done are we going to reach the emotional physical mental bonds and what and the question is is what people are not going to do in virtual reality <laughs> exactly <laughs> how are we going to translate that over from this reality to that reality man you've got to check that
1: out definitely worth a listen so let's dive straight in cuz as well we wanted to address this uh, this thing about how I mentioned this on actually mentioned it on the on the intro as well how we're going to do this as well just to prepare people for it so we're going to yeah, no, so basically great. you wanted to go into and speak a bit about why you're taking a bit of a unfortunately taking a a back step away from the podcast
2: Yeah yeah um it's it's weird to say like in one word or a sentence of like why why you'd want to leave something so prestigious and like what you've done with your life and there's never ever any clear answer to what to give and that's what's what I want to get across here but there's just different pulls in life and there's different experiences in life you need to take and you know understand and and it's never you're never just like leaving something because you're always taking it with you wherever you go and there's always going to be the podcast room there's always going to be like the enjoyment of this, and there's always going to be the great memories, and that's not like I'm never going to like, you know, just leaving it all behind. Yeah, you. you can never, I can never do that. To be honest, that would be a
1: completely different conversation with one I'm just about to give you. In the future as well, just to t- touch on as well, we're going to try and like we're doing observing our thoughts now. Mm-hmm. In the future, we've undecided whether we're going to. Going to keep trying to do these observational thoughts and put them on the main feed, or we're going to put them in the Patreon group. Yeah, so it is. We're undecided yet, anyway. But we're going to try and get together as much as we can. But either
2: way, we're still going to be putting something like this out. We're still going to be. I'm still going to be putting out the content on our Facebook page, which you need to get onto that. It's amazing. And on our Patreon page, I'm going to be putting a lot more content on. I'm still going to be doing the show notes. We're still going to be interacting. Me and Dan, we're definitely going to hit more on these up, and so. Me giving you this is, also, is not me really like not doing the podcast or anything, but the fact that when Dan said I am taking a step back, is yes, I am going to take a step back. There's there's something I've been trying to figure out, and it's in me head. And I mean, I've been trying to try and understand this balance, right? And I've came across when I was um I'm writing a book, by the way, and I came across different philosoph- fields of philosophy, and that's where the basically the premise of the book is. In one of the philosophies I'm understanding is Taoism. And in Taoism, the main center point of Taoism is a term called Wu Wei. And it's a Chinese term in the heart of philosophy. And it was written by Lao Tzu. And basically, the whole concept is not making an effort. And it's surrendering the will. And it's about finding that effortless action. It's about if something feels like work then it's not something you should be doing. You should be finding something that is effortless work. And this is what the same is in Taoism. Alan Watts described it as, Wu Wei is acting in accordance with the forces that find yourself. And the more I was thinking about this was, Wu Wei was, seemed to be like, it hit the point on where I was as a person. It was a podcast. The podcast was getting to the point where I was feeling like it was more work than it was.
1: Like sort of a chore.
2: Yeah, not like with you. You found Wu Wei, because in Wu Wei, it is finding. It's not action. It's just you. It's just a, It's a part of you. And like sort it's, of effortless flow of just energy. Just sort exactly. Of. That's exactly what it is, Dan. Eff- effortless flow, and it's going with the current. And whereas with me, sometimes there was too much tension. There was a pull, pull of this tension, and in Wu Wei, you have to describe the fact of like. When this tension's there, there is a point where you have to power through the tension. But if that tension remains, then... You need to get to a point where you decide in your mind. You need to get to a point. And that's where i am come to. I've came to this point. Um, yeah, I need to come to this point where I need to find that effortless, effortless flow. And I found that while writing the book, actually. I found that effortless flow where I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm writing maybe two or three hours. And I just feel like, wow, feel like so connected. Whereas with the podcast after like, I don't know if it was like a longevity thing or maybe after three years, you feel like at the point you think there's too much here or there's too much tension for me. But I think I lost my will-wear and yes. will-wear basically means the art of no action. And it felt like I was given so much action to to the podcast where I felt like at the point I didn't even feel like I was doing anything. And it, but yet my mind was always there. Yeah. So there was always this pull, this, this power, this um, real tension, and I couldn't separate myself from it. And it's, and until I really started studying wu wei yeah, I mean, I thought the only way you can really find that effortless flow is to take a step back, disconnect from all the forms of tension and find out where you can actually go to. Where will it be that effortless flow? And I think you found that with a podcast. It doesn't feel like work for you. Yeah, it doesn't. Nah, it doesn't, doesn't, but there, doesn't feel there, like there, that.
1: There has definitely been points or throughout the, this podcast journey where it has felt like that certain times. Where you, you do have to, like you said, you have to push through that that sort of what, what was the word? You, how do you describe? It? What's the word you use? That the will, the the woo floor. No, the sort woo, of oh, <laughs> a good word that, by the way. There, there is points in the podcast where I have to push through that that sort of thing you, you described mm. but like it is for me it is more of a it has been more of an effortless flow where it doesn't feel like more of a chore mm-hmm. I'm really tuned into the sort of the energy of and the energy of it that's what I would, I would call it really but like I said though mate it's like we're all just trying to find our balance in life yeah no matter what it is like I'm, I'm always that balance point for me is constantly always changing and evolving and it's and I think sometimes you have got to ride the wave to see where it takes you. Mm. But like you said, if the if the if you don't feel that the wave's taking you in the right direction, you've got to you've got to step off it sometimes to reassess again. Yeah. But like no, nobody knows what's nobody knows what's right in life, mate. It's like somebody might f- from the outside might be thinking, like you said, "Oh, look at the podcast; it's it's starting to grow, it's doing so well, and stuff like this." Like, why does he want to step off the wave and things like that? But n- mm. nobody knows what's right in life; we're all just trying to figure out. Different mediums and different forms and different ways of living and different yeah. ways of thinking that's <clears throat> fully in line with who we are. And you, and that's that's what life's about. It's life. Life's about trying things. At least you tried things. And then, then maybe then if you have to shift, you can shift because that's what this game is. This game's full of choice that you can choose whenever you want to choose. The game's not playing you. You know what I mean? You're playing the game. Exactly. But people allow the game to, to sweep them away. Sometimes it can be. Um,
2: it can be a lot of. Disingenuous thoughts about like what's the right path for yourself because you start to think like this is me, this is who I am, and the thing is when you separate yourself from someone, the real part of it, the real pain comes from separating your identity from something. Because whereas for a long time I actually thought like yeah I'm the podcaster I'm a podcaster, and for a while you live that existence and you feel like how how does someone describe you and you think oh well I am a podcaster I, I go and talk to people but eventually you come to the fact that you think and that's not me at all i'm not pigeonholing myself into that aspect of thinking yeah i'm not i'm that type of person that's me it's whereas that's that's not me there is so much more to me which i want to explore and i need to explore and the first the first part of it like honestly when leaving this it was like it brought us great pain it brought us great suffering because me it was my whole identity really and you mm-hmm. think like you know, you're losing your future, you're losing your past, and you're losing the present. You think, jeez and weezer, man, what else am I going to lose here if I stop doing this? And all of a sudden, you start to get the aspect of, like, am I am I a failure? That comes into play, it, Like, comes into your head, and that'll come into a lot of people's head, because there's a lot of people who've been on, on a, a path in life, and you think, is this path of me? And, um... It could be. It could be so. It could be your path. it Could be you need to just pursue it. You could be. You could find that will where you could find that effortless flow, and you need it. And you need to chase that like mythical high in your head because it will bring you some form of enlightenment. And it will. You will push on, and it will achieve your dreams. But there is comes a time when, in a lot of people, people podcasts, a lot of knowledge, they don't talk about stepping back. They don't. They only talk about pushing forward pushing beyond even pushing beyond resistance not listening to resistance pushing beyond it
1: powerful point there
2: yeah a lot of it is the aspect of trying to just step back to find out who you truly are and you can't really truly figure out who you are without doing something and i'm glad i've done the podcast i'm glad it is it's made me who i am today and it'll make me who i am in the future and it's never going to be something that leaves us like i said but the aspect of it wasn't me it wasn't who I am as a person, but it's something that I loved and I'll always cherish and fondly and care for. I'll Like I'll share everything what I need to share. And I love it, man. I absolutely love the fact of it. But I know deep down it wasn't me as a person. And that's, yeah. that's probably a, one of the deep insights that I've tried to... I've been more real there than I have to myself, to be honest. Like when yeah. I go through this in my own head, I'm probably more real there than I'm in my own head. So basically just... If you are going through something similar... Just sit down and talk about it with someone who you can trust. You can generally like respond well to, and uh, who'll listen. Because and eventually you'll say something which rec- which clicks in your mind. You think, wow, shit, man, that was exactly what I need to hear.
1: Yeah, I love that. Mm. I don't think any no more to be said on that. I think that's that's powerful, by the way. And so we so let's let's dive in. Let's do let's bang let's let's bang this. Observe off all Let's, let's so hit we've got, some shit, man. Cause we've got so many stuff to talk about. Certainly do, so right. much stuff. We did, so I wanted, I, do, I did want us to talk about... Because this was, this was something that me and you wanted to talk about ages ago. We never got around to doing it. Yeah. And we both talked about... We both read the book uh, by... Marcus Torbury. Marcus Torbury. yeah. Marcus Torbury. It feels so long because I've read about five, six books since then. Oh, yeah. So We actually never got around to talking about this. So I want to definitely talk about that. But just to touch on this as well, to give a little bit of an introspection... Which will sort of lead into the into the book because so it's a very similar topic, mm. and I know you've been having this you you've been having these similar thoughts as well because we've talked about this before the podcast. So the, the week last weekend gone, I went down. I went into London mm-hmm. to, to record a podcast. Yeah, man. And so where we live in the northeast of England, I would say it's. Um, I mean, it's getting. It's there's more. It is getting. Uh, the environment now is magnifying. There's more human beings. There's, there is more cars. It's becoming more, like certain areas are developing. It's becoming more 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 of a city life as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's hard to get away from that now. Any place that you live in the world, it's expanding and growing. Yeah. And becoming a more technological world and more of a Monday world instead of like countryside and farmland and forests and stuff like that. That's just the nature of humans where I feel at the minute what we're doing. But sometimes when you... In you, I wouldn't say in a comfort zone, but when you're in, when you're immersed in an environment that's not full on, not full in your face, because I would say that where we live, it's not really full on. It's not in your face. You can go five minutes, you can go five minutes down the road, and you can be in a forest. Mm-hmm. You can still be in a forest. You can be in the middle of nowhere. But when I went to London, it completely swept us away. It hit us like wow. Like this is. The, see if see if see if to me this is we I was trying to view it because when I was driving down the road, I mean you we've been somewhere we've done podcasts we've drove all over the country mm-hmm. and you go into we have drove into Manchester you drive into Birmingham wherever it is, we've both said this like I mean it was we did a podcast a while ago where it was three o'clock in the morning we're stuck in traffic in the center of Birmingham that, that is insane that, is that was absolutely insane. crazy that was insane but this isn't just happening in the UK obviously when I've been to different countries around the world especially big town centres, this is this case. There's this traffic and this, just the amount of people and the amount of mm. uh, sort of disruption disruption that we're causing all over the place on the planet is unbelievable at the minute. It doesn't feel human. It's clear, does it? it's clear to see it. I mean, people say it's natural to what humans do, mm-hmm. but there's a part of me that I just think, is, is this who we are? Is this really who we are? Because when I was driving down to London, I was, so I was sitting in traffic to go and do a podcast, Other people going to work, all sitting in their cars, stopping every two seconds in a traffic jam, moving a couple of yards every couple of seconds. As people, other people were driving past London. You have when you drive down the street in London, when you go towards London, there's loads of sort of on one side of the road, on the left-hand side of the road, on the right-hand side of the road, there's loads of office blocks, Mm -hmm. so you can just see people, other human beings, just typing away, tick 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 tick, on the keyboards. And it's just like is this is this our existence is this who we are are we just this thing that that gets to a point where we create loads of we create a civilization we create these jobs for people to work everyone just spends all this time at the at the thing that the the thing that should be doing we're driving Mm -hmm. our cars sit in a box to go in another box to come home to sit in another box to repeat that every single day And it just seems to me that that's a form of. It looks to me on the outside, it feels like a form of sickness in Mm. the heart. It really feels like a form of sickness. That whole sense, what we're doing. I mean, even if you look at the, we've said this before, but if you look at, if you were to look at the human population, the human world, the things that we're doing, we're like a fungus. We're like a, a sick fungus. In in me, like I'm not just saying it's just not. I'm not using London as an example because I know people love London, but it's just not for me. Mm -hmm. But it just feels like all the buildings, all the cars, all the networks, like all the roads, that feels like it's. If that was a cancer, that would be the heart of the cancer that spreads out Mm. in all the town, all the busy towns around the world. Of that, why do you think it is that case? Why do you
2: think it is the more there is more people there that it will bring more of a disconnect? Why is it more people will bring more disconnect?
1: I'm not too sure, but there is—you do definitely feel it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've used this analogy in the podcast last time. If you go in the mountains, everyone—the further you get, the higher up you get in the hills and the mountains—everyone speaks to you. Yeah, we got but that. The further yeah, you get in the city, in the lakes, everyone too. just has their head down and rushes around. Maybe me, me, it's just a completely different lifestyle. I had this when I, I was walking outside. This was in between doing a podcast. I wanted to just sort of go and stretch my legs because i I'd been driving a long time, and I wanted to just have like embrace the city of London. I wanted to walk around and take the environment in. And as I was walking around, I felt like people were looking at us. Because, Mm. I don't know if they were, but I felt, because it felt like I was walking a lot slower than a a city person should have been. Because I was just walking in the sun, (laughs) taking it in, trying to look around, have a bit of introspection and stuff. And everyone was just zooming past us, walking so fast. Well, they've got somewhere to go, haven't they? (laughs) It is London. But it just, exactly. But it just felt, (laughs) just felt like everything was moving so fast around us, it felt like sort mm-hmm. of a didn't. It felt uneasy. felt felt uneasy that I, I, I didn't feel right. But also as well, and us asked the question: If you were there, if you lived there for a certain amount of time, would you become that? Because it was like a the way I could see it, it was like a heartbeat. So you know when? Have you heard heard the analogy of when a mother and a child, when a a, new, a mother has a newborn baby,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and the newborn baby's mother in the heart. The, the two hearts sync together yeah, yeah, rhythm have you ever heard about that and they're that? beating at the same time yeah they're beating time. at the same time mm-hmm. it felt like that If would you become that would you become the if you were immersed in it's that it's like one organism really isn't it if you were immersed in the city of London and you took that walk every single day what I took there would you then merge into that heartbeat of them and yeah walk you up, would and walking faster
2: I 100% believe you would merge into that um, just as, exactly the same as if you take someone out of London and you put them in to see the, like, the lake district for and whoever done Whoever doesn't know who the Lake District is, that's um, an aspect of Britain. It's a place in Britain where it's absolutely beautiful. It's um, really picturesque, very scenic. Um, absolutely everyone is just embracing the, the um, culture. Everyone's slowing down. Everyone's taking a breath because of the magnificent views. And everyone's more like polite, friendly. I mean, straight away when we got up the other day, um, I came back from the lakes the other day and immediately loads of people yeah, were so smiling you were the happy. Lake District of the weekend yeah yeah I was and it was an absolute first person so, who so was seen on the, the streets sorry to jump in but that's sorry.
1: really fitting it's really, it's really interesting so the weekend gone I was in London the weekend gone you were the Lake District mm-hmm. and it's it's going to be it's going to be interesting that perspective of you coming back from the Lake District me come back from a busy town busy town so it's just interesting that
2: yeah very interesting man. it's very interesting it's, and it's very puts a lot in perspective when you when you come into two big cultures I mean, London's a big culture but you've also got an aspect of that when you're out in nature, nature's its own big culture and where we come from an aspect of nature, we were born into that nature, we were born into communities which only has 60 to 150 people, anything more was dangerous to the tribe, anything less was dangerous to the tribe they found a balance between 60 to 150 people, which is basically a nice communal village, what we have now Anything large, like I said, is dangerous. So that's why people in people in big societies like London prescribe it all dangerous. Whereas when you're in like a small knit village in, like, say, the Lake District, people are very warm and people are very friendly because people feel safe. People feel connected to nature. They feel like they're at the right part of like where they should be in their life. And whereas people in London, there's always that disconnect of where you should be. I should be here, I, sh- no, I shouldn't be on a truck, I shouldn't be in this, like, commute, this commute to work, this commute to, like, the all these different aspects of places, there's so much of a rush, there's, like I said, there's a very disconnect to life when you're in London, and that's why I asked you the question, um, why do you feel like it is the, the more larger places you'd think, the more community aspect you'd get from it, but it's because it isn't, it isn't actually a community, it's, Basically a community on steroids. Yeah. And we're not really we're not grown to that. Even we've been in this living in this type of culture for the next five to six hundred years, we've been doing it, but since since the industrial age we've we've moved out from the farmlands, from the villages, the towns to these communities to these cities to work in boxes and it's shown how how this has affected the human mind.
1: I I don't think we really understand you said it's shown us. It definitely has shown aspects of it, but I still don't on a on a on a deeper level, I don't think we really understand what the city, what the what that environment—not just the city, but what that what that thing we're creating is doing to us. Mm. Because even when I was driving back, I mean, I'm not immersed in that all the time. I I, I prefer somebody who is who is more in a more of a nature environment, mm. where it's more quiet and stuff like that. I really do love that. But for me, even when I was driving back, I could feel that tension in my body. Like I could feel the tension, and it wasn't just because I was. Sitting in a car and driving, which I don't really like doing for that amount of hours. Yeah, but I could feel like a, a, like a tension in me. In me, because we are energetic beings. There's no doubt about that. We are. There's. We are very energetic beings, and mm-hmm. there's something within ourselves that, if it becomes out of sync and out of balance, and if you're in tune with it, you do start to feel it. And I just think maybe people who are in that fast-paced environment all the time, maybe they're numb to. I'm not. I'm not. This is not for everyone, because I know people. Thrive in that environment, people love that environment, but I'm just using me as an example. I I mean, people do. I mean, people I've spoken to people, you can only do it for so long. Yeah, I mean, I've spoken to people and they say they love, they thrive in that environment. Like, I've heard people before um, this guy who lived in India and it was a very busy lifestyle, and he went to the countryside, moved to the countryside to work. And this guy said he couldn't sleep in the countryside because he, he, a part of his being adapted to the city life, and it was. The, the, the noises of the city actually give him comfort in his mind I know people who say so that there is a part of it but for me it's not they, I know people who say they can't sleep
2: because they haven't had a bottle of gin at night I, <laughs> doesn't like, mean it's right though doesn't mean exactly doesn't mean it's right doesn't mean that, that's the <laughs> way to live good point um, <laughs> the aspect is like the truth is it's what you're accustomed to and what you've grown to be accustomed to and if if you've grown accustomed say you were born into that environment and you were like grew up in that environment you've you, you used to the noises but ultimately, you that just show, to me. That's not really showing you how you should live your life. It's showing you how much disconnected you are from like what is true
1: form of life. I mean, I think we I all. Know, no, wrong. it's a good. No, that's a good maybe point. Maybe it's a good point. I think we are all become numb to 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 things. I mean, even my day-to-day life. I'm I'm no fact that I'm numb to many different things. I mean, an example of that could just be there was a point in a period where I was uneducated about opening a window in the house. I just wasn't that focus it wasn't that emphasis in my mind Yeah. and now one of my daily rituals is to open, make sure I open a window and sweep that oxygen throughout the house and now my body feels it but now if I don't open the window I feel it so I think maybe there's something happens that you become numb to certain situations because you're just swept away by whatever you're doing mm-hmm. like where whatever it is you're swept away by it so you become numb to it that's a good point man um, good point
2: so see that's an interesting point
1: I want to actually go back to that real quick
2: and it's actually leading us quite well into the Marx Togwi thing, actually.
1: That's why I said bring it up for because I thought it would lead into. Yeah,
2: um, when we're actually talking about the two different aspects of nature versus nurture, like nurturing someone in that city environment, that high, high pace lifestyle, will ultimately. This is probably what we're talking about, really. But will ultimately that type of lifestyle, can it be evolutionary? evolutionary conformed in us so that that is eventually who we are
1: I think it can be it definitely can be that's scary but is it, man but the that's question scary. is but the question is is it <coughs> like we said is, it, is that healthy mm. I, the analogy I was looking at the other day was I mean this example there see the flowers over there on the side mm. this is really fitting this so them flowers were picked so eventually see how them flowers have started to die now and they've started to whittle away yeah. So w- we've picked them flowers outside. We've put them in that pot. But if them pa- flowers weren't picked and put in that pot,
0: there were there's probably, probably some pops be. on
1: that mic. They picked and popped. <laughs> 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 but if them flowers weren't picked and put in that uh, pot over there, mm. they would still be alive. Now they wouldn't start to deform like they are there. I mean, they're still alive, but are they thriving? that's the no, question certainly not thriving and that's the way sometimes I could see this environment this manufactured environment that we're creating is mm-hmm. where them flowers have been picked from in the natural world I mean we're still so fr- we're still we're still to a sense we're still thriving we're still living mm-hmm. but are we really is that really who we are like is that is that really them flowers there in that pot now no, no. It's, it's, certainly not, not, it's not is it no it's, it's
2: a, them plants are being disconnected from their natural habitat and what's left is they are slowly dying just put and to put that in a human aspect is that we're being slowly taken from our natural habitat which is which is a local tribe like community and from something that's walking 15 to 20 miles a day foraging hunting nurturing I, having sex I mean, I think there's so six many, times there's a day there's so many things
1: that's going on we like are that. so disconnected brother even so disconnected. even like on an energetic level of even just the clothes we wear we should not need to wear clothes (laughs) how we interact with how we interact with how we even walk on the land because i mean we're we're conditioning ourselves in the sense of that we wear rubber shoes we never really our bare feet never really touched the floor yeah i mean how many times did you actually ever touch earth that's a really powerful thing not people uh, people ask themselves that i mean you've just got to ask yourself what was the last time you went walk through the woods exactly and if, you went, if it was longer than two weeks you are fucked <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's a good point actually mate really, really is good point,
1: interesting
2: that. that I mean I, I've, uh, I know we're about to talk about Marcus Togby's book The Runner but another great book um, was called The Awakened Ape by by a gentleman called if you just give me two seconds ladies and gentlemen I will find it for you I will find it yeah, it's what I'm reading now, actually. Awakened Ape uh, by Jovan Prades. I've tried to get him on the podcast, actually. Um, it's the last guest I emailed before I took my sabbatical. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but anyway, that book, it really hits home on uh, so many different aspects of how we are disconnected about um, modern-day culture. But but like just in the aspect of like the clothes that we wear, are, are you really picking the clothes? Or society picking the clothes for you? I mean... Do you actually have have an honest thought about what you should be doing, what you should be looking like? Are you are
1: you basically looking like how society wants you to look like? Here's a quick question: Does what's the difference between your thoughts versus what the city gives to you versus uh, uh, nature? Mm. So, because it's both environments to to me gives you gives you a form of information because I believe everything in the world, the universe, is information. But them two different environments do you give you different forms of information. What is the information versus the city giving you versus information of nature? That's a good thinking point.
2: That is a really good thinking point. There's so much to, to that, to be honest. And What nature can give you is, what, is basically nature is your mother. Your mother's milk is what nature is going to give you. Whereas if you're in the city what you're going to get in there is some chemically based, watered down milk type product that your mother, supposed mother, will want to give you and that's what you're meant to grow on that's the
1: difference and that's what it does feel like yeah exactly,
2: like mother nature will nurture you care for you in a way that she'll always be there for you whereas mother city (laughs) mother city is going to be so much disconnected to actually what you really need it's basically, mother nature will give you what you need mother city will take what you've got
1: yeah hey, well here's something right because so we're talking about all this now and i mean there's people we've talked about this before but there's there's people like uh stephen pinker who's wrote the book called enlightenment now and he speaks about how we're in the greatest time ever like this is yeah like human beings are in the greatest time ever every every aspect of life is better than it's ever been
2: I could have a point
1: but then, when you look around with this conversation we've just had there, it doesn't feel like that. No, like when you, like I said, when I drive in the city, it doesn't feel like that. I look at, I look at, I look at that. I look at the, the reality of what's meant to be the greatest time ever, mm-hmm. and it just doesn't. I don't get a sense. I don't get a sense like that. The I mean, it was um, the only way
2: I can. Sorry to interrupt. I really want to answer, say that about this, to be honest. But um, oh, the only way I can really see what he's going on about is because when you are saying like you've been to London you've been to the big city, you've seen all the driving and that, and I can see the point Is when he's saying, like, you're living the greatest time ever, yes, like, the aspect of, like, financially, safety, but, and forget about all that. Is because the knowing that we've got these huge cities here, which gives us more of an appreciation when we're going to somewhere like the lakes, I can see that, and I think hell yeah man this is absolutely beautiful i'm not taking any of this for granted i am here in the present moment and thankfully i've got the big cities there that makes me appreciate this so maybe come to the think of it i'm not taking this for granted i'm it's not me it's not You're not ungrateful yeah i'm definitely not ungrateful it's an absolutely beautiful part of like what it should be and i'm appreciative of more with the known of the bad here as well yeah that's
0: yeah maybe
1: when you maybe as well when you and I'm aware of this that maybe when you're immersed in something you can't really view yourself in it Mm -hmm. because all the things around you you feel maybe and this goes for both ways you can see the bad things and you can think it's the worst time ever but you can also see all the good things and think it's the best time ever yeah definitely. so it, it maybe it is hard for when you're immersed in it to see it because like we said before if you look back at it if we look back at the tribes we think oh that was the best time ever maybe they were thinking oh this is the worst time ever before <laughs> us it's <was> much better <laughs> it could be true though couldn't it it could
2: be well true man it could be well true jeez um, I'd love to know if like these deep tribes you know they have the introspective thoughts I'm, like, I'm going
1: that tribe had it way better than what we did yeah. <laughs> oh man look at them Egyptians over there look at them with the b- building all the pyramids and shit. God, <laughs> look at them! who do they think yeah they're like a cancer on the planet. look at them they're the worst part of human
2: <laughs> civilization
1: <laughs> why well, are we're, we're just sitting on our sitting on our um our little logs <laughs> <laughs> in the woods no, with no clothes on <laughs> look okay. at them with the clothes <laughs> who do they think they yeah.
2: are look at them assholes <laughs> <laughs> um. No, when you look at back in history, and you know, that you see, and uh, you see like tribes, you see Vikings, you see great Roman warriors, you see Greek warriors, the great marvel of the Egyptians, of the the Aztecs, the the, the fierce ferocious, uh, the fierce um ferocious like lifestyle that the Mongolians had. We get this whole like aspect now, whereas we're not great warriors, we're not great hunters we're not even great farmers we we're not we're not even great foragers we don't even like picking our own food anymore man like we're the only part in time where we we are basically completely void of everything what our great ancestors have ever taught us and people you know what society thought this this was the aspect of it all they've designed this whole i used to know the names to be honest of the great pe- of the people who designed this whole modern civilization and I, i'll look them back up there's french designers um architects who designed this whole aspect of this and they thought this is the exact way that we should be living that's going to give us more free time and the free time will push us into a further place where we can we can spend our free time build great rockets we can spend we can marvel in our own human human minds to create and live peacefully, and this will bring out a form of enlightenment. And they actually believed that this was going to be the aspect to change human civilization. So the way we live now. Mm-hmm. They wanted, it, they wanted us to be like just working eight hours a day instead of the usual twelve to 14, 16 at some point in time. They wanted eight hours a day, to give us more leisure time. Um, they didn't want us to hunt for our food. Didn't want us to forage. They didn't want us to really to really work really they wanted us to be thinkers they wanted us to be pushing forth to create this new form of enlightenment era but what's happened is we've became too comfort we've become part of comfort and this the comfort has been the disconnect which instead of leading to a form of enlightenment it's leading to a form of suffering I mean how could you imagine a form of suffering nobody could imagine a form of suffering how you could have 300 channels you could have a couch where you can just come instantaneous comfort you could have a car which can take you anywhere in the country a fly anywhere around the world you've been given everything what you could actually possibly want right yeah here. the video
1: game an ultimate video game but yeah
2: you're dissatisfied yeah you're dissatisfied with life brother and why is that it's because of the comfort is the enemy and nobody ever thought it was yeah everyone thought if we had more free time, it would bring enlightenment.
1: I think as well, though, also what I know is and what I feel in my heart is to, to have all them things that that look so amazing, mm. that feel so amazing, which they are, and I'm so grateful for them. Like you said, you can fly anywhere in the country. To have all them things, you know in your heart you've got to give something away to get have that. Mm. And to me, that's the biggest thing. It's time. You've mm. got to give away all your time to get that. Time doing something else to pay for that, to do all them things. That's what I feel. Mm-hmm. i matter. think a lot of people feel that
2: i completely agree i think there's a whole and then
1: them things don't look, actually look that good when you start thinking about how much time you have to give away to get them luxuries and have them luxuries but what people um what the great
2: architects of this modern civilization have, have failed to recognize is the fact that that we are humans are born on one simple thing simplicity we're a simple breed of creature just like every other creature we have our basic needs. And if we do them correctly to our own purpose we hunt our own food forage our own food go and get our own water this is what makes us happy that's what they've completely voided from
1: do you think we're we're, like we said before about how we're we've as human beings we're always heading down this road we're heading towards something else we're always evolving to something whatever we always evolve into something new if you look back in time we're always humans are always technologically building new things and becoming something else have you ever questioned the the sense of are we actually playing with something we don't understand 100% 100% agree
2: uh, I think we, we are playing with something we don't understand like I was saying before about these architects building this huge modern civilization they didn't understand what they were comp- completing against they didn't know the human psyche they didn't know how we're going to really evolve into this natural habitat which which to be honest is not natural at all we're not naturally built to be in a square room, in our know, square microphones, watching our square boxes and our square TVs. We're through, going through our square doors. Yeah. We're not used to this. We're living in a circle world, and that's what we completely did. We should be building circle houses, but yet we don't. We're yeah. actually completely
1: disingenuous to what we should be living.
2: We it, really are.
1: It's funny because we can, we can get a sense of what we're becoming. Like If you look around at the world, you can see that we are going to be a civilization in the future that is going gonna, gonna to build spaceships and it's going to travel to different planets and people are going to be able to people are probably going to be able to go to to different planets around around the world and go off go on holiday go for a week's holiday take a week off take a week's vacation and go to another planet Mm. we can't feel that we can feel what we're becoming like we said we talked about on the the patreon bonus that we just did we talked about virtual reality about how virtual reality is going to be the new in, world indistinguishable. Indistincti- indistincti- what's the word indistinguable from this reality that we're in now become the new world mm. but it do, you do get a sense of though what are we giving ourselves a we to do that I mean if you just look around the world now look at all the insects mm-hmm. all the insects all the animals all the trees that are going extinct and getting chopped down what do we have to sacrifice to get to that and that doesn't it doesn't mm-hmm. feel right to me it just doesn't feel it doesn't sit right in my heart
2: yeah, I completely agree. Just look around
1: at the world around you. I mean, in in terms of the, the what's the world that we've got? What what is the world that we're really creating? That's yeah. what I think we've got to ask ourselves. Exactly, brother.
2: I mean, I've seen a bee for the first time this year, and I didn't really see many last year. But I was thinking, bloody hell, there's a bee. And then immediately, my second thought is, what the hell's going on? Like, why should I be even be shocked that there's a bee there? Why should I be? Sh- why am I still shocked that when I go on a long journey? my car isn't like imprinted with loads of bugs it's because we're wiping them out like well, a can, massive race
1: I can remember even just I think it was three years ago where we went to the Lake District I think we recorded a podcast on It was an observing our thoughts actually and it was called From Men's Nipples to Alan Watts <laughs> which is a great name by the way it yeah, was one think. of our old podcasts if people want to check that out but we talked to, we, on that drive down I can remember looking at the, the va- my van in the front of the van had all insects all dead on it like like thousands and thousands of insects of driving down Mm. so I mean if you do drive your car down now it's very rare that you see insects on the front of the car something's definitely shifting I mean people say people say that this is what this is just the way the universe works it does and it does it does do that after millions of years though of course I mean this what's happening now is it's it's on a it's on a much rapid uh, sort of momentum than it's ever been in mm-hmm. my opinion, what what we understand anyway. But it's definitely there's it definitely clear to say that cycles do happen within the universe. I'm 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 at that feeling that things do happen, cycles do happen where species come and go, which they have and they always have, that's what I mean the dinosaurs supposedly made way for who we are as people. Mm-hmm. What will we make way for? For something else. I'm always com- completely aware of that. Mm-hmm but you've still got to ask yourself when you're in this now and you are who you are and you've got conscious thought and you can choose and decide you can still ask yourself the question is is the direction that we're going is it really is it is it right mm-hmm. and it, you just get a feeling that it's not you just get a really get a real pull in your heart that there's something happening I mean you just gotta even there's a, a guy who we're in now podcast and I think I can't remember who it was now but he said no matter what the scientific community and whatever the the world tells you Mm-hmm. And whatever not information you're getting thrown at you, he said, just step outside and use your own in innate intuition and feel, have a get a sense and feel. Does this feel right? Mm-hmm. Is does the climate as is, is the climate like this? Is, is should it be this hot right now? Or this cold? Should it, or should it be this cold? Should you be seeing more insects? Should be hearing more birds in the trees? And that's that's what I think you need to use. You need to use that. Sometimes don't always use your google <laughs> intellect don't always use your intellect use your innate intelligence mm-hmm. use and your it's heart. there
2: it's definitely there i mean yeah you can't separate yourself from millions of years of evolutionary history in your own dna you can't do that you could try you could separate you can separate yourself to a point but deep down you know the truth and that will come to you yeah deep down brother
1: so let's should we talk about this book now let's talk about this book hell yeah 40 minutes in we're talking about this book now <laughs> uh, a life with Paris Hilton let's listen <laughs> the Kardashians <laughs> uh, was it, uh, why am... insects don't matter <laughs> <laughs> I am
2: Caitlyn or something Caitlyn Jenner the truth I don't know right so let's paint <laughs> a bit of
1: context actually the book is called Marcus
2: Torby's The uh, Runner
1: yeah Marcus Torby The Runner it's a fantastic book as well so we both read this book at the exact same time because we've both really felt that this was a really interesting book and we could have a good conversation about it mm-hmm. so basically the the book is about a guy who basically runs away from society to a sense mm-hmm. and lives in the woods that's the basic yeah. gist of it yeah basically so you wrote some notes about this i wrote some notes about this mm-hmm. there's many points of introspection in this there's absolutely loads of questions and points and it's very related to what we just talked about a second ago mm. And to start off, one point points that I said is when I was reading this book, I got a sense straight away that this is what I want to do. Yeah, that's a good. Point. I got a feeling that this is this is actually I could do this. I really could do it.
2: It gives you the pull, doesn't it? It, it does. really did. To give go you and the just pull.
1: live in the live in nature and just sort of get away from everything.
2: Why? Why did he? Um, that's what I was trying to remember off the top of my head. There. Why did he want to go into nature again? Why did he feel the pull towards? Uh, going into nature.
1: I'm not sure why. I'm really not sure why. I don't think he. I can't remember if you described that in the book.
2: I'm sure you described it at the beginning. I can't remember. I mean, to be honest, ladies and gentlemen, it's probably been about 68 months since me and Dan's last read this, but we kept good notes in the. Um, the truth is, it's a powerful book, man. It, it sticks with you, matter long, long after you finished. And
1: I think as well, it gets to a, a. I'm sure he's having so
2: much like discomfort with society.
1: Well, I think it just gets to the itch of what we feel now that it's not.
2: Oh, there was so much pressure on him running. That was what it yeah, was. So he's a runner as and well. He, there was so much pressure on him uh, running, and in society, and he was having these like mental breakdowns really, and all he wanted to do was just enjoy running again. And he he got to the point in his head where he just wanted to run. In nature, really, and then eventually he just said to himself, "I want to live here. I w- this is m- I wanted all I want to do for the rest of my time is is run." sleep hunt me on food he actually became a simple life that's what he said that's
1: what it was he was he was driving towards this drove towards a simple life but we all do feel that though i felt it in my life i felt that itch i mean i love going into nature and i've done i've done where wild camping where i've slept in the woods for two nights and i haven't took my mobile phone and it feels amazing Mm. it really does feel amazing it's uh, it's like the quote where it says, though, because like, you have them days uh, in the Monday world now as the Monday human being that we are, you have them days where you just think, like, you do have bad days, and then things in your head just go... It's like that song that I always talk about where it says, sometimes I feel like saying, fuck it, I've had enough. And then, so, like, so yeah, sometimes I've had enough, so I want to just go and run... The, go and, I want to go and live in the woods. I want to go and run in the woods. I've run bare feet. All um, and sort of just lie amongst the daisies <laughs> but then that little voice comes in and just goes so it goes sometimes I feel like saying fuck it I've had enough so now you are in the wild and then your little bitch in your mind just goes but in the end I'm like shut up you coward and suck it all up <laughs> and in the end I'm just sitting on my couch <laughs> it is true though isn't it because That's I do think we true, all man. feel that we do feel that pull I've, I know that loads of people around us have felt it where we just, Holy, let's, just let's just go and start our own self sustainable community let's just go and live off grid let's mm. try something different because people are feeling that and there's loads of people feeling it
2: yeah there is there's so many more people connecting with stories like Marcus Togwi's now and but instead of just creating a community based on he actually built he actually was his own community yeah really. he was and that's what I wanted to get at that's one of my main talking points really was and I want to ask you this you mentioned briefly there about your two nights free without your mobile phone in the in the woods I, I know it's a big difference from what Marcus Torby's eight years did in the woods. So that's how he, is
1: that was eight years? Eight did, years, eight, eight, yeah. Eight years, something like that. It mm-hmm. was a long time.
2: Eight years is, and and this is one of the questions I wanted to say, ask you was, um, and you might have a good res- retrospect answer from what you just said there, but is isolation a key to finding
1: yourself? <sighs> I'm not too sure. Oh, wow. I'm not too sure. I think... I think you can find you. You can find yourself. I think different different environments provide different opportunities mm. to 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 understand different different levels of your core. But for me, I th- what I thought you were going to ask is what you what <laughs> what I thought you were going to ask there is what you what were you thinking of? Because oh. when I read that book, one thing that stuck in my head that I related to him mm. is in that book he kept so as he was speaking through it, and it, uh, as he was speaking through the book he kept speaking upon these things and the thoughts that he was having in his mind when he was just in isolation, he was just sitting and things like that. Mm-hmm. And it was funny, because even just the two nights that I've done a few times by myself with no technology, I've had this exact same thing. He said that he thought of uh, food and sex. <laughs> and they were the exact same two things that go through your mind. Oh, I'm sorry, a third one he said, he said... Uh, Water. No, he's not, no, he said food, sex, and uh, the other one was seeing things in the woods. So your mind plays tricks on you. So oh. when you're in the pure darkness at night, like in the daytime, it's your, your your energy changes, your mood shifts and you feel so strong and fierce and you're not worrying about uh, shadows and, <laughs> and people coming and getting you or whatever it is, your mind with the mind plays tricks on you. But I had that same thing when I was in the woods where I could see, I felt like the shadows were people watching us or spirits. Or, oh and I can definitely see in the past why ancient cultures... Had made up, made up these sort of not made them up, sorry, but not in all cases, but in some cases misinterpreted sort of shadows and uh, reflections and for for monsters and creatures and and st- and made stories upon them. Mm. Definitely could feel that. Oh man, it's funny though how he, he said that though. That's all he think was thinking of was sex, food, and, and uh, spirits. <laughs> <laughs> I love how he conquered his spirits as well.
2: I mean, he was really afraid of the dark actually, Mark yeah. Togby, and uh, the the way he conquered that was was basically from the premise of like of an acceptance and I think that's a form of all power all giving you power away to these like say like um, spirits or shadows I think he called them shadows but he given them away by just accepting the fact that they're always going to be there but I'm always going to be here so you're going to have to learn to live with each other yeah and he's like immediately when he sort of had that realisation and that acceptance they had no power over him and I
1: think that's the case with all aspects of life. I love. I love what he one of the points that he in the book. He sh- he showed to me that he could do it with little skills as well. Like everything, he mm. he was so minimalist with, in his approach. Like he really was minimalist. Like he didn't even build. He didn't even build really a, a proper shelter or anything like that. He had just a little sort of, like really a very minimal bushcraft shelter. But he but that showed to me that anyone can do it. Mm-hmm. because people always think that oh, I need because I'm, I'm I'm seeing this oh, I need to I need to buy a piece of land I need to have a <laughs> I need to build this massive log cabin because I, I read another book about this another guy who wrote a very similar book mm-hmm. but he was more prepared he built like a log cabin and stuff and he had tools with him and everything but Marcus Torrey was just like a young kid who didn't have any understanding of building things didn't have any understanding of bushcraft he had a thirst for wanting to do something different mm-hmm. and he yeah, just he thought just he didn't that. have much money either so he spent all his last rain, rain of money that he made from his his job mm-hmm. he went and bought all the what he thought he needed like all the supplies he needed he needed like all the essential food that he needed and stuff like that uh, rain code, and he didn't really have much and then he just along the way he just found himself and uncovered new skills of how to become better and mm. it, it can if you can remember in the book every single every single day started he started getting learning more and more stuff he started saying oh this time i'll put the fire here because it makes it hotter and he yeah. just sort of instead of thinking that i need to educate myself for 10 years first he just threw himself in it and learned along the way and i think that was that was really good as That's well because really awesome. everyone thinks that everyone thinks that i mean i'm not saying maybe i am actually maybe i'm saying everyone should just go and live in the woods for a couple of nights and and feel what it feels like i am actually saying that <laughs> yeah, I completely, completely But there's something about that instead of just overthinking it 'cause I'm I'm sometimes I don't overthink things instead of just going and doing it.
2: You should immerse yourself in, it, in everything you do really. And there's always been a big um a big way of life really. A lot of people like Tim Ferris just just want you to immerse yourself in the um, in whatever project you're doing and then just find yourself from there and eventually adapt, 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 adapt yeah. and you will get to the point of where you want to be. And
1: there's no, there's no greater adaptation than throwing yourself in the wild because I've, exactly. I've, I've, I've done this for myself where I have thrown myself in the wild and even the art of making a fire. people from the outside think that's so easy. Like, that's so easy. But try doing it without a lighter. Exactly, man. And then feel, feel what that feels like when you have to sleep outside in nature with no no food because you can't cook your food and also no fire to keep you warm and that straight away shows you straight away and you then the next I tell you, the next day you will not make the same mistake and the third day you won't make the same mistake there's something beautiful he 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 went through that as well where he was doing he made massive mistakes mm. and he lost his food because he didn't protect it properly, because animals came for it yeah there's, and he learned so much so he learned so much so fast there's a big sense of pride and accomplishment, though, that comes with it, and I think
2: that's again that's what's missing in this society is, is the lack of accomplishment, the lack of pride in who you are and what you're doing as a person.
1: Yeah, I loved as well. Like what? Because I've got some honestly, I've got so many points here and they're really great introspection. Go through them, brother. But when he said, um, one one of the ones he talked about is constantly referring to that the little pleasures were his best things, little subtleties. Mm. So he said that when he was in the city. He never really noticed them little subtleties, but when—and this was one thing maybe the solitude taught, taught him—and it, it's taught me as well when I've been in the woods—is that when you're sitting with yourself, and he was describing this when you're sitting with yourself and you're just analysing the little subtleties which you wouldn't normally notice actually becomes much bigger things, mm. and they were much bigger, much more part of his a reality. In the start. And they started them little from then from them little subtleties were actually shaping his thoughts and his patterns, and then within that he got a lot of had a lot of gratitude for everything around him. Oh. Like, I even remember him once where he was, there was a whole paragraph in that book where he was just describing a sound that a, I think it was like a woodpecker was making in the tree or something like that, or some mm-hmm. bird was making in the tree. In a whole paragraph, that's definitely been a big thought process for him where he's been thinking, really analysing the... I'm trying to fill out like the book, yeah, was not yeah, yeah, trying to fill out the book. You've got to really when you live in the woods, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> that's true, by the way. <laughs>
2: that was a beautiful book it really was
1: that's one one thing he said as well because because he was more in touch with nature you started learning the cycles more and I've found that as more as you go outside you start tuning in the cycles of nature because when you're in a, an environment where you don't like we live in an environment now where we don't you don't I mean ask yourself the question when was the last time that we even looked at the stars when was every anyone even looked at the stars because mm. you, you have this isolated experience where you have windows you have doors you shut your doors you shut your curtains at night and stuff like that but he was immersing himself underneath the stars so he was starting to become more in tune with the cycles because he had to as well because he had to prepare his firewood for, for a certain time period because he never prepared his firewood he would die because he had to be aware of when the when the seasons were changing so he could actually have more firewood prepared
2: yeah times and dates when sorry um, not even dates uh, he was separating himself from dates really but he was he, his time was the seasons the seasons told him the time really um, when he was in I thought the biggest introspection he got was how he how how much he understood of um, winter because winter, the, when he talks about winter really was the harsh winters in Sweden were really something of awe inspiring really because the, the amount of snow that he got and he was so like connected to life at that point because he understood death And that's what was critical about that whole aspect of it he he talked about how there was no more noise and how it was just all empty silence and that and how much each each single tin of bean was like tin of beans was like a crucial element of who he was and everything revolved around death at the end in especially in winter and that's what he found was most beautiful but again in the spring he had that rebirth he was constantly dying and reborn and i thought and i just love that that aspect of his life and we don't get that mate we every year tribes would have that would have that rebirth of a new life new existence but we don't we're we're completely void in a house like this um we can see outside it's snowing but you don't get you don't feel that cold you don't see you don't see in the winter powerful
1: point it's even something that i felt about is the the seasonality because he was starting to grow. I think well, he was growing. He was. He was growing his own food. Like subtly, he was starting to grow, mm. trying to grow his own food and and stuff like that. And yeah. he was he was learning about what wild foods he could eat and things like that. And uh, but we, but the seasonality aspect of our lives. Mm-hmm. So uh, foods just on ha- on hand all the time. So you can you can get bananas all year round. You can get blueberries all year round because these foods are being imported in from all over the place. Mm-hmm. Not only that, we're disconnected from what's really happening there but is there something about that our evolution that we shouldn't be eating bananas all year round like seasonality because mm-hmm. there were certain foods that he wasn't eating all year round like yeah he was stocking up things like rice and things like that which uh, which he can store all year round yeah. but the foods that he couldn't store all year round and which wouldn't last he wasn't eating them so there's something. maybe there's something about that what we've got convenience to that actually make not only yeah makes us weaker makes us weaker disconnects us from nature definitely 100% he said as well which I liked about what he said um, he said time goes much slower nah, because yeah, he, he did, wasn't I. really focusing on where he had to rush to or anything like that if he had a job he said that the, he had the time and the time just time just went so slow I love it how he appreciate showers as well yeah that was cool
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> no but yeah, um, he said he would go like months or three months without even uh, washing himself there's an aspect of this in the book, um, The Awakened Ape where he where he was in a nightclub and he was going through the same transition as Marcus Togby. And he didn't like wash himself right and he was just living in his old natural oils. He didn't smell, but he, he was still washing, bathing, but not like using any shower gel or anything like that. Anyways, when he was um in a nightclub, the book the author of The Awakened Ape, um, he says this gorgeous woman came up to him and um his friend was, like, really good-looking. And, and so, immediately, she had her eye on him. But soon as she smelt um, him, she was all over him. And she was like, I thought you liked me friend. And you was like, there's that smell around you. He doesn't smell of anything. Whereas you smell of Of life. You smell of... of character. You smell it's of... It's weird that. It's, it's the natural essence of being a man um, and a woman. When, when you're not... Um, Taking out all the natural oils, your natural chemicals, and you're just basically enhancing them. You really get the um, sense of being a man or a woman, or that's a true aspect of like you. You're, not, you're taking away so much, you know. We what from what we're adding from who we are to who we are. We're taking away so much, and that's what's brilliant about books like The Runner and The Awakened Dip Is that it puts you in a perspective of what are you doing wrong in life? and and then you're like just sitting around in your, com- in your comfy couch and you're looking at your door and you and obviously your obviously and your wind and you think
1: fuck me I'm so disconnected I am so disconnected right now I was love uh, midpoint that he said when you were talking about the, the the oils and the scents because he was more he was just living a more natural lifestyle he, was, he actually smelled differently I forgot about that it's mm, funny because you know when, when you have a poop. the first thing I thought of is you know when you have like a newborn child mm-hmm. and you have you have you smelt the smell of a newborn child it's it's a really addictive smell. It's like If you have a child, I could smell a child all day. Have you ever smelled that smell? No, 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 A newborn baby smell has a very distinctive smell about it. And it's just like how you described it there, how that woman was describing how Natural. he how he was. And it's funny because I've felt this upon myself. So for the last, I think it's for the last four or five years now, I have went through a period where I've never used shampoo. I've never used body lotion. Very, very rarely have I exposed my body to any sense of unnatural chemicals or like I've never worn any aftershave anything like that mm. even the toothpaste that I use is, is chemical free it's it's got no ad- additives in or anything no fluoride it's all natural okay. ingredients and I've tried to. and the food that I eat as you know is I'm very different I haven't exposed myself to any hidden toxins mm-hmm. the only thing that I have exposed myself to is the natu- is that there's many things going on in the natural world that we are affected by like electronic electronically chemicals from plastics and chemicals from the atmosphere and st- you know what i mean stuff like that there's so many things that we have to have been destructive on mm-hmm. but to my best to, to currently to my best of where i'm at i haven't exposed myself to that mm-hmm. and people around me have said that that i have a natural smell oh that's good actually man. so it's that's why i want to come around to that it's really funny so there is something to that good point there brother yeah really good point there's something to that it yeah, wasn't one i was going to say as well um Oh yeah, this was one when he said this was a really massive point where because his grandma can you remember when his grandma got him a job? So his grandma it's got him, in a library or something. A Care home it was. Care home, massive. So his man. grandma got him a job in a, a care home, and he actually so he started working because he wanted to get some more money so he could buy some more supplies. Because his his, yeah, his he only need to work a month. Or his something, whole didn't deal he? was that he tra- he was trying to see how long he could work. For, how less he could work for and how long he could prolong that money for. So see if he worked for one month. He said he could, he didn't have to work for like two years because he could make that money last all that way, which is really Great and respect on that as well, by the mm-hmm. way, of how you can live your own life better. That, I, I did mind. that for mine as well. How can you make a certain amount of money last much longer? That was a really good point. You should put that on the Peter on as well. Yeah, but he said uh, this was a really good point and I felt this uh, within my job as well where he spoke about he said, so the introspection when his uh, grandma got on the job in the care home, mm-hmm. so he'd been in a period for all them for a few years where he hadn't been in a working environment and he'd been in solitude and he'd just been living in the woods mm-hmm. and he came back into mundane society, his grandma got, on the, grandma got on the job. And the first introspection he said is, is, I don't know how all these people work all these long hours. So you would think, right, from the outside, because we know in that book, he was... That environment was physically demanding on him. Mm-hmm. Like the natural world was physically demanding. Like even though he said that, it didn't for him. It didn't feel like that. But from the outside, it looked like that. So he was having to. He was more reliant upon himself. He was having to always constantly do stuff in the in the woods to basically help him survive, chop firewood and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So from the outside, that's going to look physically demanding. Like a Monday human would say that and think, I'm not doing that. That's too physically demanding for me. <laughs> I'd rather just have the be able to just turn the dial on me heating and Make us warm, <laughs> but he actually said when he was grandma got on the job and he worked in the care home, his body actually felt tight, he felt tired, and he could feel strain and stress on his body. Yeah, I remember this now, mate. I do remember that, it was a fascinating point. And I've felt that,
2: I've really felt it. So, I think we've all felt it, we all know that feeling of tension and, from work and, and what we're doing and what, what's not right. Yeah, these and like. These were meant to be the sacrifices that we have to take in order to have these comforts of a couch and um, a brand new car and whatever bullshit it is. But you start to get to the point of you thinking, is it worth it? Is these like sacrifices worth it? Is these
1: pains worth the pull? People are going to be listening to this right now. I've just had it in respect from you head there just to jump in. People are going to be thinking straight away that, God, these two hate the modern day world yeah you're right you We do <laughs> no but you know what i mean though we are yeah. aware we are aware of that within nah, ourselves sure, but we just we, want to describe our thoughts and feelings and i know everyone else is having these we, we same have a, things.
2: we're sitting here with two microphones in our hands are we,
1: we hitting the modern world in a comfy house <laughs> exactly not in the woods doing this which we should be
2: <laughs> we were going
1: to actually but, we've got but we to understand but that's <laughs> the thing about this conversation is that we understand that within ourselves we understand this disconnect within ourselves mm-hmm. and we're trying to change it within ourselves we're trying to do things we Radical things as well. We're trying to do. We're trying to change, and we are doing it slowly. Mm-hmm. And obviously, I can speak for myself on that. I'm doing the same thing. I'm trying to find my way through it. But you need to talk about things. You know, first step is always awareness, and then from that position, you can change things. Good and point, we're, we're we're trying to make our these conversations a lot of things we talk about in these observing our thoughts. I mean, you's trying to make ourselves more aware of them, more, more aware of deeper aspects that maybe we're blind to. Do. And then I can bring it to you. You can bring it to me. That's what it all. That's what it's all about. That's scary, man, isn't it? But he said right as well. I remember this in the book, and this is not an advert for the book either. It's it's an awesome book. If it is an advert, screw it. It's a great book. It is a great book. <laughs> It'll change it. your life. Yeah. And it's, and I'm not getting no money from it, but it's just a great. That's what we'll do. We'll speak about good things, simple as. That's what we've been doing on the Patreon as well. Of course, speaking about a like great things. Great things, exactly. We don't get nothing from it, but it's. But you get. But, but the value that I get from the book is isn't is, is it's worth, worth sharing. For it's us. worth sharing, mm-hmm. definitely. But he said that he had, when he went back into the woods, so when he was working, he felt the tension stuff, and then he went in the back into the woods, and he said he, from not working, he he, had, he said he had a more vivid dream. Whoa, what was so, the dream again? I can't remember. can't remember what he said now, but I he had a I'm more vivid, he had a lucid again. dream, he said.
2: Oh, he did, actually, yeah, he did. Um... Oh, man, that's
1: just going I can't long remember what he said, but he had, he had a, he, I'm sure he said he had a vivid or a lucid dream, but it's funny how that's another thing that I've experienced, that my vivid dreams and my sleep is more feels more healthier and more deeper when mm. I've when I haven't really when I'm doing things that I like when I'm not on a time schedule. See, like I'm not on a time schedule. To get up for a certain time for work. Or like on your days off or when you're on holiday or whatever it is, mm. you're not you're not rushed. You're not rushing your body. That system with inside yourself. And everything else, things that things are going on that we don't understand, you become more relaxed, you have more like you have more vivid dreams, you do, your dreams are much more better. That was a good point, what he said, because I I know for a fact people's going to relate with that. Yeah, I wasn't really. And just, I know I've said a few, but maybe a couple of more, because he he said this, right? I wrote this down, because I've got this on my notes. And obviously, like Chris said, this was quite a while ago, so it's trying to refresh myself, but he said, He's talking about you know I always said about before about the little pleasures of life, mm-hmm. and he was really noticing the little subtleties. He said the little pleasures pleasures are actually wisdom, and he says when you start measuring them and calculating them, then moments go. Whoa. And I've really felt that. So when I when I did that two nights while camping in the woods, I took my book with us and a pen, and the pen ran out. Whoa. The first second I started writing, and I went, "Whoa!" I went, "That is a sign." and then from the introspection I got from it is that when we're starting to try to calculate things and trying to write things down because when I was because it's funny because my ego at the time in the woods was thinking the reason why I'm going to write things down is because I'm going to have cool things to talk about on the podcast Mm -hmm. but I'll not remember these things in my head and then the universe does something like that where the pen runs out and then the introspection that I got was the exact same introspection what he said the little pleasures of wisdom Mm -hmm. when we start measuring and calculating them then moments go and they really do and that's that, true, that can man. go for everything in life if you start trying to put too much emphasis and trying to control everything just like we this conversation gets around to yeah human beings are trying to control something the uncontrollable the natural world we're trying to control it and make sure that we're in control that's when you can lose touch with what what re- what it really is what's what this this experience is really getting at? That's, yeah that was a powerful point what he said there and this was this was probably in the yeah, this, is, this was actually this was a bit of an inspection I wrote down I put the act of taking this was a, an introspection I had in my head and when I got back I wrote it down mm. but it said the act of taking notes and recorded and recording bounded bounded me in language based consciousness holy shit man that's a powerful point that was a really myth. powerful how on earth did you come into that realisation that was for all, all. All that realization was from the pen. My right? pen, Jeez. not working.
2: So you were saying that where you're, you actually came to the point where you found your conscious barrier. Mm-hmm. You found the barriers of where, which lies between consciousness. Sorry, the barriers which lies between information, and that information was you trying to understand it, trying to put it out there, and it was basically nature's aspect of saying, "I am." I am beyond that of of knowledge I am beyond that of wisdom I am I am something else completely I am I am the I'm the metamorphosis of your consciousness really
1: yeah and just Ah. just one more point as well and then we'll wrap it up but yeah another point and go bowling can you can you (laughs) yeah we're gonna go bowling in the monday world (laughs) bowling in the words yeah bowling baby put some um, sticks up he he says this he says he was, oh that's what it was he said well when he was when he was going to do this he told his family about it and things like that which this is very relatable mm. this is the same thing when I told uh, some of my close friends that I was I was going to go I'm going to go in two, two nights in the woods yeah Yo, you're crazy you're crazy <laughs> that's the first initial thing but he did the, in that book he spoke about the same thing about where he told his fat friends and family and his grandma that he was going to go and do this in the woods and they said he was crazy because they said oh Said that he's he obviously could, it's too cold outside. It's too dangerous. How are you going to eat and stuff like that? But that's the conditioning of. That's a big part and of the conditioning first, of where people don't want to they do have it.
2: A point. They're, they're looking out for the, like the safety of them. They're looking out for his well-being, his nature, and they, they just do what they think is right. It's, I know it's there. I know we're talking about like safety mechanism. You can't really tell anyone who who to, what to do in life. A man must find his own path. But ultimately. Yeah, they're, they're good, and kind-hearted, natured people, and t- but you, I mean, we can't like discredit them on that basis. Like that, yeah, they're conditioned well in a society's values, but uh, ultimately, that doesn't change their fact. They're a person. I mean, I've read a great book today. Um, you know, I actually, was listening to Leo Guru's podcast. Um, how to not care what others think. Yeah, and and it was a mint quote that he says: "Those who don't, those who judge, don't matter." Those who matter don't judge, and I love that aspect of it. And I th- kept thinking to myself, "Well, the why is in that aspect what you said there? I'm thinking the mere fact that they're judging doesn't make them matter. If they didn't judge, they'd also like not matter. If you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So the pre- premise here is basically just people are gonna say whatever they one, and it's that that's
1: okay. Um, but you should never let that allow that to imprint to, on you. Exactly, exactly, brother. And that's what he, that's what he never did. He never let that. I love that because he never let anyone around him at that time because all the people around him seeing he's crazy doing this, he's mm. crazy, crazy going in the woods. He never allowed that to, to around him to do that. And then the experiences that he, because of him not allowing anyone to dictate his patterns yeah, and exactly. what he was doing from that, the richness of the experience that he got from going in the woods, living in the woods for. The eight years that he did it i think it was eight years he did it for it was either eight uh, that richness anyway give him something that he would never have got to mm. if he listened to the people around him saying stay in your comfort zone just it's nice and warm in here come on stay in the house
2: and what was beautiful as well is uh, i'm not going to really spoil the ending but um he eventually finds um his wife and he does a lot of great adventures along the way by the way everyone he goes to Kenya. Um, and tr- travels with these great um, Kenyan runners, which is an incredible story in itself. But he also he meets his wife. He meets his wife, and he eventually settles into the um, into a little home. But his value of a home is much more different than what we value. Yeah, a home he is.
1: that's he integrates everything he uncovered with himself into into the into his future life. Exactly,
2: and that's that's the gem of the book. That's the gold. Yeah. That is
1: exactly what it was. That's where... I mean, that's what... This, this is going to be a spoiler alert again. We spoil everything. But, but uh, <laughs> the film Captain Fantastic, which is a brilliant film. I don't spoil it. But, he, <laughs> but that's, that's another good thing to watch. That's a, basically a film where this man has his children in the woods. Mm. And he's living with his ch- children in the woods. And he's like obviously bringing them up like very at one with nature. He's learning the like, read books and things like that and philosophy. And he brings up these kids like just sort of really good yeah really really good film he brings up these kids in this really interesting way and then he brings the child into the Monday world and I always remember when the child said when they came into the Monday world because they had to to come in for some reason I think it was was, because somebody dies in the film and they had to come in to to go to the funeral Mm -hmm. and one of the child says he says daddy daddy says why does everyone look sick He's like, what do you mean? He's looking around and obviously just showed like all these fat people walking along the streets and stuff. He's like, everyone's sick, everyone's sick. <laughs> 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 but but anyway, um, I was going to say again, I've lost or four. Yeah, but he's, but to, in that film as well, that highlighted the fact that to, in because the tricky question is is, can you live like that all the time? In this mm. modern day world, and that's the tricky question: Can you do it? Can you live it, live like that all the time? Especially when you've got children as well. Can you live like that all the time? Yeah. And what that film highlighted to me, in the book Marcus Torby as well, highlighted that you not to the extremes, but you can find balance within it. Yeah, exactly. You can find balance within the modern day world, and they they did that. They still grew all their own foods. Mm-hmm. they still lived the way out the way of nowhere the kids still had the ability to to meet other friends who were in the Monday world go to mm. school and things like that but there's medium grounds which you can find to live a more sustainable life mm-hmm. and, I, and maybe I think that's what is a sight what we're missing because when we nobody's really taking that step back and looking back and thinking there's, yes mm. we do we have to always go to the supermarket Cause this isn't is in my own life this is what I'm feeling is can I start growing my own food? Can I live a more sustainable life that doesn't always promote the things that I hate so much? Yeah, exactly. And just take a little step back in, in every little every process that I'm doing in my life, and every you do the same as this is take a step back, reassess. Do I really need to do this, or can I just can I choose one aspect in my life and try and make it more sustainable mm. or make it more in with nature? I
2: love that, brother. I love that. And it's probably a great way it's hard
1: because we're all trying to figure it out everyone's trying to figure it out 100% um, and what I've
2: what I've tried to figure out is is that balance it does exist but all these great books and that all these great books like Marks Togby's The Runner um, The Awakened Deep Captain Fantastic they're all showing you these great introspective of like of how you could live your life but ultimately they're, they're not telling you to do that they're not telling you to like we, let's go into the woods live in the woods for 8 years live in the woods for 10 years go and find a tribe like they're not telling you all this they're telling you to find some peace and balance in your own life you, do you have to go to the supermarket every single day do you have to eat shit food can you can you actually just go out for a run in nature walk in nature can you actually just breathe the air in man Just it's little things like these that's all the book's trying to teach you and that's what's gold about them man
1: I think that's a good point to wrap yeah. it up yeah leave it there boom 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 yeah boom 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 everyone peace and love time to kick Dan's ass and bowling <laughs> <laughs> thanks so much for listening to that podcast day I've observed and I've really was a killer episode in my opinion and you definitely I mean we all have days where you do want to attack the system and that was definitely one of them by me and Chris we definitely and we don't have all days and not all like that where we just want to blast the system and vent our anger towards it but sometimes when you do look around and you see certain things, it is sometimes good to have a little purge toward it, towards it. And I'm sure you all understand. So anyway, I hope you got some enjoyment out of that. If you want to support the podcast, you can do that our Patreon page. It really is the best way to support the podcast and help me to keep doing what I'm doing. Also have a one-off donation option as well, which a few people have helped out and supported through that. So anyway, it would really mean a lot if you could help us help the podcast out and allow me to keep doing what I'm doing. So anyway, in the future, I have some really great podcasts coming up. I have David Ike coming on, Graham Hancock, also did a great podcast the other night with a guy from Manchester who is living and traveling around the world with completely no money, which is really interesting. And also did another very interesting podcast with a lady who is starting a new political movement not just any political movement, a political movement that completely underpins the current political system and she's completely trying to tear it down So she's, and she's a very fascinating lady and many other podcasts coming up as well. So look out for all of them. We love you all and have a great day wherever you are in the world and don't forget to smile. Peace and love, people. Oh, and just before I go, I forgot to mention as well, I'm going to play out this podcast as always. As always doing these observing our thoughts with a song by actually he's a guy who doesn't live far from where i'm currently located in the northeast of england this is a, a very amazing upcoming artist who is very doing is who i'm sure you will all start hearing on the radio if he slips through the net because he's a very interesting guy somebody who is talking about some very powerful topics but doing it in a way that really catches on to the mainstream So anyway, and and I think you will tell by this song as well. So anyway, enjoy this song by Sam Fender. And it is called Pound Shop Kardashians. Yes, I know what a song. So anyway, enjoy this song by Sam Fender, Pound Shop Kardashians. Peace out.
0: Zoo in motion, beautiful people devoid of emotion, sterilized, pedicured, pedigrees of mankind, thick as fucking soulless. I no longer fear genocide, it's gonna end. From what I reckon, is I puke my guts up all over the deck, and cause the square reeks of plastic action men and pound shop Kardashians, how am I supposed to change it? See you! When they couldn't take it no more, how am I supposed to change it? If I can't see